Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Good afternoon. Welcome to Fish House Nation Live. We'll be doing this every week throughout the ice season. The time and day may change depending on when our guests are available, but I'm looking forward to our live shows and interacting with you, the audience. And we'd love it if you ask some questions throughout the show. We'll be giving a free catch cover swag bag to the question of the day. So bring some good questions. You can drop them in the comments on both Facebook and on YouTube. And if you'd like to be notified about when we'll be going live, head over to catchcover.com and sign up for our newsletter. It's super easy to do. We're going live and if anything else is going on here at Catch Cover. This season, we're going to be talking destination lakes with guides and resort owners throughout the ice belt. If you'd like to be on the show, go ahead and drop me an email at chris at gradenoutdoor.com. We can see about getting you on the show. But before we can get to those destination lakes, we got to get our gear ready. And uh, no better guy to talk to about getting their gear ready than Mr. Joel Nelson. We bring him on right now. Joel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Chris. Looking forward to it. Yeah, good to have you on, and I can see behind you, uh, the leaves are starting to fall. Some of those trees are starting to get barren. We're starting to think about some ice fishing. Uh, what do you got going on this year? What are some things that you're excited about? Well, I'm excited about the the potential for maybe even an early ice season. Uh, I haven't had one of those in a while, um, you know, a real good one, a real strong one that stays on. I, you know, you, you never know what the ice season is going to hold, but either way, we're going to talk a little bit of prep today, right? I I want to be ready no matter what, uh, such that if ice hits the Dakotas, uh, I can go and get, go and get it. So that's, that's really what I'm about this year is, uh, having things ready to go such that yeah, no matter where the destination is, we can go after it. Yeah. Ready to rock. Let's talk about, uh, kind of getting things ready to go. And let's talk about the outside of that fish house first, some of those external things before we go inside the fish house. Uh, let's talk about the mechanicals and kind of some of those things, uh, that, that get your, your trailer there. I mean, in the end, it is a trailer. Uh, what are some things on the outside of that fish house that you need to start uh, paying attention to now if you want to be ready to go when the ice comes? You know, for a lot of folks uh, like myself that camp with, uh, you know, camp with the fish house, it's, it's kind of this ongoing process, right? So if we're starting to talk about the external uh, portions, I think about it from tip to tail. Uh, from my tow vehicle all the way back to the end of the Yeti, I just do a quick walk around, keep my phone with me, get a list handy. And it's just amazing when you start thinking about it from that perspective, like let's say the nose of my uh, vehicle, tow vehicle, um, I've got a diesel now. I'm thinking about right away, the nose of the vehicle, I'm thinking about uh, extension cord plugging in on a really cold night, maybe to the generator. And then you just kind of work your way all the way around. Now, for the fish house itself, uh, again, if you've camped with it, you're thinking about the things of transitioning from summer to winter uh, with water kind of being the first thing to be concerned about. If you had water in your system, if your system you know, has a sink, has a shower, has a flushing toilet, uh, you really got to prep to get that thing winterized. Now, washing it, um, all that stuff is easier now on a 60 degree day, 70 degree day, hell, hell even a 50 degree day. Versus trying to do it sub-zero when the water's freezing and nothing's working right. So I literally just take a walk around from tip to tail, think about the water and how I'm going to make sure my, my, uh, you know, my unit is, is, is winterized. 
And then also maybe think about a little bit of grease application uh, to key parts. If you've got hydraulics on the lift side of things, replacing pins, again, anything that'll be cold, uh, tough to deal with, hard to crawl under, don't want to do it in the snow, wet and rain, do it right now when it's uh, perfect weather out. Yeah, good time to check those bearings, check out the tires, all that sort of stuff. Sure. Um, you know, we're talking about that fish house and that trailer, but the thing that we pull it with is also important. And I know that those tow vehicles is something kind of near and dear to your heart. Uh, what should we be thinking about with our vehicles to get it to the ice right now? You know, uh, it's interesting. This summer, uh, when I came out of ice season, I pulled my hitch off because uh, I wanted to rotate the ball from uh, two inch to one and seven eighths to tow some just smaller little duck boat type deal. And, uh, couldn't rotate it. Couldn't pull the pin. Uh, I had to take it to a machine shop. So uh, if I had to do that on short order before a trip, like thinking about now for ice, uh, I, I really would have been in a tough place. So it's just amazing in the upper Midwest where we live, how road salts can impact everything from the chains, your breakaway, uh, pins, uh, all that stuff. Again, right now is the time to make sure that all your pins are free and loose, well lubricated, uh, it's the time to look at all the electronic connections on the tow vehicle to make sure everything's up to snuff there. Uh, if you've got a sticky tailgate on your truck, uh, that's only going to get stickier. Uh, the locking mechanism is only going to get tougher to work with come ice season. So again, if you got to get it into the dealership, if you got to do a little bit of preventative maintenance, now is the time now, now, now. And there's a lot of people, I mean, you can drive around and look at the lots right now where, where people sell these fish houses and, um, you know, you're starting to see inventory decline. It's been like that basically for the last few years. That tells us there's a lot of new people getting into this, a lot of new people going out and, and doing this. I think right now, and you kind of talked about using it as, as a hunting thing or a camping thing, it'd be a good time just to do a dry run. Go out and do that. Drop your house down. Learn how to do that uh, while it's still pretty nice out rather than trying to do it on the lake for the first time. I couldn't agree more. We just did some fall camping here last weekend and uh, was a great excuse to fire up the heater for the first time in what has been months. Um, you know, make sure that the tanks are full. All those basic things that seem really basic until you're out there and nothing's working right. Uh, you can't get it started. You forgot to fill your 30 pound tanks. Um, yeah, just like you said, a dry run is a really great strategy to make sure that you're all set up. And the same is true with your generator. Um you know, now is a great time to be looking at some of those accessories that you know you're going to end up using. Um, an oil change on that thing's way easier now. There's just no doubt about it. Yeah, check those propane tanks. Go get them filled. Get them ready to rock. Uh, you're a guy that uses your fish house all the time. You use it for hunting. You use it in the summertime. Yep. And you've got a tote system to do that changeover. So let's kind of move into the house. Let's talk changing of the seasons and kind of how you make sure that, that you have everything you need when it comes time to go out on the ice. Right, right. Well, I'm lucky enough now to kind of have a system figured out. Like you mentioned, I've just got a bunch of plastic square totes. Uh, they're a little bit, there's a design to them, a pattern. We got them at Target or Walmart. Any place has them. And you just take careful measurements and make sure that everything fits in the compartments you want so that rather than stowing individual items one after the other, once you're changing over the seasons, you're just taking these big totes full of groups of items out and then replacing them with the new. So right now, I haven't changed over yet. I've got my summer stuff in its little summer square totes all throughout that camper. I've got things like, uh, you know, all the trash bags and just all the cooking utensils and some of the real summery type things that we're going to be using 
in there, um, some of the totes will come out. Some will stay the same. But on my ice side of things, I've got totes full of rattle reels, line, bobbers, all kinds of ice lures. I've got things that are very specific to the ice fishing setup, extra blades for my auger, extra batteries, just things like that, that literally I'll be able to take the summer only stuff out, just put that on a shelf in my garage, take the winter totes, plug them right back in. And again, it avoids me making a thousand trips back and forth into that fish house to dump individual items piece by piece. That just takes forever. Yeah, you won't need your uh, bug spray this winter. So you can, no. you, can, you can put that in the tote and get it out of there. Right on the money. You got it. But let's talk a little bit about that. You mentioned trash bags. But uh, what else, you know, if someone's stocking their fish house a lot, maybe it's a new person that's getting into it for the first time. What are some things that, that you think they need? Just kind of general supply type of stuff. What are some of those things? Sure. So for the winter, if we're talking about winter, the general supply things, you're always going to want uh, a good supply of lighters. It seems like you never have enough of those, depending what you're doing. Bait storage and bait storage related items, whether that's a charging plug for your uh, you know, electronic bait bucket or whether that's just simply a couple extra minnow scoops. It seems like those basics on that end, plus the tackle side of things, plain hooks. Uh, you know, bobbers, sinker setups, a whole host of different lures, both active jigging presentations, as well as some of the stationary sets, your rattle reel setup, extra line. Those basics are, are perfect on the fishing side of things. But you do have to think about the eating side of things and the, and the winter camping side of things. And so that's where, hey, we'll need those trash bags again, just maybe a different size than the big old summer trash can that we had in ours. So, so we're going to get some smaller trash bags in there to fit kind of that ice setup a little bit more. I'm going to make sure that I've got all the utensils I need, spoons, cooking supplies. I've got pans in there. Uh, and on the oven side of things, I've got a pizza stone that helps protect from all that strong heat coming from underneath in the oven. Um, I really deck it out on the winter cooking side of things because you do end up a lot of times, hey, you're out there, you're making pizzas, you're making soups, you're, you're getting the crock pot loaded up. You've got all kinds of napkins and things you're going to need, all kinds of spices and seasonings. Make sure you've got those things. It just, it's so nice to have it in there and not worry about it again until the spring. You've got that stuff. But the other thing that, that you really got to think of too, and you, you hear these stories every year, unfortunately we have them every year, but uh, fire safety and carbon monoxide safety, just checking in on those things. Yeah, there's, there's for sure, uh, it's a good excuse to check the batteries in your carbon monoxide detector. A fire extinguisher is absolutely key. Uh, yeah, you'd be in a really tough spot if you didn't have something like that that could put out uh, put out a fire, even though you're on water. It'd be tough to get it up and out of the hole and, and the time and need. So, you know, there's just all those basics. And then you also got to think about the things that you take for granted. Um, I think on the ice fishing side of things coming out from camping, I'm not thinking hole sleeves. I'm not thinking hole covers. I'm not thinking, you know, any of the safety covers. Uh, I, you know, all those things have been out of my sphere of understanding here for like six, eight months. So now is the perfect time to kind of rejog that memory. Hey, the whole sleeves that were, uh, you know, up against the beds, maybe we'll, we want to get the glow in the dark ones for there because, you know, maybe my kids get out of bed and want to make sure if they're going to the bathroom in the middle of the night, that they're not falling down the hole, getting the safety covers side of things figured out. Maybe we decided that we wanted to do more dead sticking this year than we have in years past. So maybe something like a rattlesnake uh, rod holder, all of those different basics to the fishing side of things. You really got to set your mind and think, you know, 
twisted. All right, get out of summer mode. Let's think winter here. What was last year like? What did I need more of? What could I make use of? And sometimes just sitting down in that fish house and doing a little bit of deep thinking, glancing at the walls, thinking, how am I going to do this has really benefited me. Yeah, make sure that you have all those sleeves too. I know uh, sometimes get things get put in the garage and then kids get poking around out there and they start working on projects and, <laughs> and things get pulled out of the garage. So make sure you have a sleeve for every every hole you've got in the house. No doubt, no doubt. How about how about the battery? I mean, that's something myself. I don't like to run the generator while I'm sleeping, so I got to make sure my battery's good. You know, I like to run the generator in the day, and when it's time to go to bed, I put it away and just run on battery overnight. Uh, make sure that those batteries are ready to rock, not just the batteries in your electronics, but just the house battery. Yeah, I agree. You know, I'm I'm lucky in my house. It is a two battery setup, but that doesn't protect you from, you know, let's say one of them has a dead cell. It'll draw the other one back down, too. So uh, I, I think once you get on years two or three or especially years three or four, it's never a bad idea to carry along an extra battery with you. Um, it's fairly cheap insurance. If you're a sportsman or an outdoors person and you're going to have other vehicles that a battery's going to work in, it's never a bad idea to have a little bit of insurance um, out there with you. Because the problem with batteries is, is you're out there and everything's working and then it's not. And now what do we do when all of a sudden it's not? And, you know, for people that have a lot of things plugged in, in the middle of the night, um, you say you don't want to use a generator, but maybe you're charging phones You've got the bait bucket plugged in. You've got a fan running because people like that for sleeping. Yeah, it's very conceivable that, especially with a single battery system, you could draw it down overnight, maybe kill the battery and have a hard time resurrecting it the next morning. So uh, I personally, I'm about uh, double checks, triple checks, basically all kinds of different safety mechanisms to keep you from running out, not having what you need when you need it. Um, If you've been doing it long enough, you're going to have catastrophes. It just happens. Thanks, everybody, for joining the show today. If you got a question for Joel, go ahead and drop it in the comments and we can get it to him and uh, he'll be happy to answer those questions. Uh, creature comforts is another thing you're big on. I've been in your house and uh, it's always kind of a cozy place to be. Uh, yeah. You've got kind of those type of things. And I know it's something, you know, you like to bring the whole family out. What are some of those creature comfort type things that you like to stock your house with? You know, it's interesting um, when people have a good time in the fish house, they're going to want to come back. And sometimes that experience is about making things look nice. Uh, You know, and and other times it's just about being comfortable. So blankets are a big deal that I've come to find out. Um, These houses are unbelievably well insulated. There is rarely, if any times a draft yet for, you know, some reason, sometimes my wife or her friends, will just want a blanket to snuggle with or hang on to when they're hang, hanging out on the couch. Uh, certain pillows, bringing your own home pillow in there or, or having a fish house pillow when you're sleeping, incredibly nice. Another thing is having a really thick, at least two inch, maybe three inch foam pad uh, under your mattress just makes the sleeping experience that much more comfortable and enjoyable. So you add those things and you just start thinking about how you're going to use the house. You're going to do everything from sleep in this thing to maybe even use the bathroom. Start thinking ahead about how you'll use it. And, you know, I've, I've installed those little catch cover trays uh, near where my bed raises up to at night so that I can have a glass of water there. Sometimes, you know, your throat gets dry in the middle of the night. It, just all those little things, they'll come to you eventually. 
But the more you can scope out like some of the videos we've done in the past, Chris, or look at the ways other people use their houses or again, simply sit in the fish house and think, what would make me more comfortable here? Is it food? Is it drink? Is it a pillow? Is it a blanket? What would it be? Try to anticipate those things. Um, You'll just get better and better at it the more you do it. Well, you've been kind of dropping it in here and there, but uh, we got to talk fish and stuff too. And I see you got the Markham hat on. Uh, yeah. Those electronics are really become a must have for just about everybody. Uh, what are some things that they should look at uh, as far as ice fishing electronics and getting those ready for the season? Well, one of the key things I think of always, you know, it's always been the case uh, is the battery has been, has been something that, you know, if you're going to have an issue with a sonar unit or a camera unit, golly, nine times out of 10, eight times out of 10, it's going to be battery related. So if you're still running an old SLA, uh, you know, lead acid battery, now might be the time to upgrade to lithium. You're going to enjoy lighter weight, longer run times, um, have the ability to get, you know, more power into it more quickly. So if you have to recharge it to get back on the ice, it just goes that much faster. And then you're going to be able to run for days on end. So there's really not a downside with lithium except for the initial cost, but overall cost of ownership, you're going to own this thing for a decade or better. It's actually cheaper than the old SLA batteries. So this might be the year that uh, we talked about batteries earlier. This might be the year where you switch out some of your old batteries to lithium. You know, Markham makes that brute battery. It's a 12 volt 10 amp battery drops right into, you know, any standard unit. I don't care if you're using uh, Vexilar, Hummingbird, uh, Markham, anything, uh, you know, that battery will power it. So it's a good time to get set up with lithium power, I think. And then just generally inspect the unit itself, right? If you just took a late March snowmobile trip, you bang the thing around and maybe it broke off a dial or something like that, that should be repaired now. And then the deucer, the transducer is the business end. It's getting drug around on the ice. Always check that thing out. If there's big gouges and chips in it, might be time to run that thing up to Markham and uh, go get it serviced. So, yeah, checking into those things now, and you'll be happy come November. Uh, first ice hits somewhere, and you got to roll. Yeah, it's kind of just like the boat dealership. Everybody wants to get their boat in right before Memorial Day. So if you're you're ahead of the crowd, you'll get your your things done quicker. No doubt, no doubt. You've been talking about some fishing gear. You've kind of been sneaking that in uh, just about every question I've asked you. And I know that's that's the passion. That's why we're there is actually to yeah. do the fishing. Uh, how about fishing gear? What are, what are the kind of the preparation things that you're doing there right now? So one of the first things I'll do is I'll actually get, uh, I'll, I'll take out all of my tackle and I'll really just spread it out and I'll look at my staples. What do I have? Uh, what do I need? What do I want to use more of this year? Kind of what are my goals for getting uh, getting tested out and tried out? And then what what year after year do I just keep using and losing more and more and more of? I start ordering things or buying things at retailers now so that I avoid the, oh, I can't get it in the size I want or the colors I want. If you do it now, you're going to be set up. So that's one of the first things. Then I look at my rods and reels and I break all those out. I get new line on all that stuff. I look at my fish house. And I look at the rod storage situation. Where do I want to store rods? You've probably seen in my houses, I've got some ceiling storage, but I've also got storage inside of the bathroom. So I like to stash a bunch of rods in there in a lot of different ways. Uh, But you got to make sure all that stuff's up to snuff now that your reels are in good working order. Really, those are a lot of the basics when it comes to, you know, the tackle, the rod and reels, the electronics, 
You're going to need to make sure your auger is in good shape too. Um, these days with, you know, like I use an ion, the electric augers, you just, <laughs> you make sure the battery is charged up, you drop it in and you go. So there's not a lot to do there other than just to make sure that, Hey, if you busted off a blade or if you dulled it on something, maybe you just get an extra set. So again, now is the time to get the ordering done. Now is the time to take inventory. Don't wait. It only gets harder to grab, especially in the post COVID supply chain issue era. Uh, it, it pays to be ahead of the curve this year. Yeah. This year, last year, and who knows into the future. Um, the other yep. thing that, that I thought of today, and I was kind of putting this together and I know a lot of people love going up to Mille Lacs. It becomes, I think like, I don't know, the fifth biggest city in Minnesota or something yeah. <laughs> over the yep. winter, but, uh, you know, measuring device, having those measuring devices handy, whether it's a sticker on the wall or or whatever, just to make sure that uh, you, you can be able to measure those fish on the fly if you need to. Yeah, having a good measuring board makes all the difference in the world, uh, whether it's something really nice like a judge. Uh, when you're inside the fish house, those metal ones don't freeze and they're just so hyper accurate. I just uh, I really appreciate having one of those in the house. And uh, it's never a bad idea to drag the regs along. It's never a bad idea if you like Malax to, you know, grab like a big wall map of it, have that on your person. Um, all those things, they, they just seem like uh, conveniences until you really need them, until you really need to measure a fish per se, right? Then then you needed it and you don't have it. it it's a big deal. All right. Uh, you brought up regulations and that's that was kind of my last point is uh, that shelter license. That's something you need. So it'd be a good time to start looking at that right now. Make sure you've got that before uh, you're ready to hit the road. Yeah, absolutely. It varies state to state. Uh, you know, in Minnesota, you can buy it annually. You can buy up to a three-year. Uh, but you always got to check and make sure that you're up to date on that. You also have to make sure in Minnesota, at least, that you've got the numbers, um, your DNR customer number or your name and address uh, posted visibly on the outside portion of your shelter. So if a CO came to the outside of your shelter, your fish house, they could determine who you were and, 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 you know, look up a little bit of your history and all that good stuff. So yeah, get that stuff in order, make sure your fishing licenses are up to date and, and, and ready to roll. And uh, yeah, th that's kind of the, kind of the last missing link for you can go out and do some fishing. Just had a question come through on YouTube and uh, this person wants to know, uh, I've heard of people using lake water, running lake water through their house uh, as kind of a water source. Is that something that you would recommend? You know, water is a tricky, a tricky deal. Um, I would never recommend water. I know some people do it and, and do it just fine. Um, the cost of figuring out that running water, lake water or otherwise through your house in the winter, um, you know, it's potentially thousands and thousands of dollars, depending on what panels they got to rip out and replace if you had a big freeze up. So I just don't recommend that. The other reason I don't recommend that is from an environmental perspective. You know, you want to run lake water in there. People say, oh, yeah, it's just fine. And, and for the most part, it probably is. But there's still likely going to be some antifreeze in your lines. There's still likely going to be some toxic pollutants. Maybe you're using um, maybe you're using instead of some of the antifreeze, which does break down. Maybe you're using, uh, you know, some of the windshield wiper fluid to flush because it doesn't freeze quite as hard. You know, maybe you've got remnants, obviously, in, in, in the solids tank. You just. When you start talking lake water on a lake and you start thinking about flushing things, whether it's soaps, whether it's the remaining things in your line, whether it's, you know, waste, you just got to remember these are lakes. And if everybody 
did that, especially in the busy areas, you'd have quite the mess on your hands come spring. And, you know, those are the kinds of things that uh, maybe it just only affects the lake owners, but it, you know, in the end it affects the fish populations. It affects a lot of different things too, sometimes in ways that we don't even know about yet. Well, I think there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there that people can do to kind of make sure everything goes well. You want to make sure you leave it uh, better than you found it. Take all the garbage home with you when you're leaving uh, keep everybody kind of saying, yeah, those fish house guys are pretty good guys. Uh, start leaving garbage and trash and stuff on the, on the ice. It looks bad for everyone. Exactly. So, uh, give that as our, our annual reminder on that. Joel, it's good having you today. I think uh, we covered a lot of things. Is there something that you had that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about today? Yeah. You know, I talked a little bit about towing and, and, and about the tow vehicle, um, when you take your rounds around the vehicle and the tow vehicle itself, start thinking about issues you may have had last winter. I know I got stuck a few times last winter. Uh, I do have a new truck this year. Hopefully it'll do a little bit better. It's got better clearance, but ice chains were something I added to the arsenal this year. Um, and you know what? I'm never going to be without two shovels. Uh, one shovel is nice, but if you've got a buddy with you, you're traveling with your family. Why wouldn't you have an extra one to help dig out if you need to? Um, start thinking about that tow vehicle that does so much work for you and ways that we can make sure that it, along with the fish house, gets across the ice safely, gets you where you need to be without getting stuck, um, can make all the difference in the world, especially when it's 15, 20 below. All right. Indeed. Joel Nelson from Joel Nelson Outdoors. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate your time and, uh, all your knowledge and sharing that with our audience and, the audience, thanks so much for watching and listening on our podcast platform as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to this season. I think it'll be fun. So, Joel, I really appreciate it and looking forward to kind of seeing you on the ice this winter. Can't wait. Let's go fish. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.